Hello there, and welcome to Not The Farmer's Wife podcast. I'm CJ Steedman, and I'm definitely not the farmer's wife. I am a mum, a partner, a full-time off-farm worker, and enthusiastically a lady farmer. On our farm, Mojo Homestead, we grow chickens, goats, cows, and bees. We practice regenerative agriculture and holistic management. If, like me, you love all things farming and homesteading, and if you'd like to learn from the female farmer's perspective, then I'd love to have you along for the ride. So let's get farming. Hello everyone and welcome to this very, very special launch week edition of Not The Farmer's Wife. So as most of you would know, uh, even though I podcast under Not The Farmer's Wife, I actually run a farm called Mojo Homestead. And Mojo Homestead also has some other arms, like all, like all homesteads. We're trying to uh, develop income sources from different streams so that if one income source goes down, it's not the end of the world. <coughs> and so Mojo Homestead, aside from other, other things, uh, runs online courses. And this is kind of our first real attempt at running an online course. <laughs> so if you haven't been with us before, um, go along and check out www.mojohomestead.net, uh, which is my Kajabi site where I have a few blog posts, but mostly it's um, a home for the podcast and for my courses. And my first course that I'm trying to uh, start and get running is Backyard Chicken Keeping. And it's technically doors open at the moment. Uh, it's my first course. I have to be honest, I won't be surprised if I only get one or two takers, hopefully, fingers crossed. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if I don't get any takers because like with all things online, um, it takes a while to build up a reputation and it takes a while for people to trust you enough to know that your heart is in the right place and that you're doing this for the right reasons. Um, and so I know that it won't happen overnight. How'd the old saying go for the shampoo commercial? It won't happen overnight, but it will happen. Sorry to my Kiwi friends for that really atrocious Kiwi accent. Um, anyway, so before we get into today's episode, um, I just wanted to remind everybody that we do have doors open, obviously. So go and check it out. If you go to www.majorhomestead.net forward slash bck sales uh, that's our backyard chicken keeping sales page so that goes through all the things that are in the course and what you get for your dollars and and all that kind of thing uh, but most importantly i and i really want to push this anybody that's on the fence jump on because this is free i am running a free webinar monday morning australian time at 8 a.m so right when this podcast is going to go out, I might even make the podcast go out a bit earlier. So if you're listening to this podcast fresh and it's just come out, you could be missing out on a free webinar. <laughs> so go and register for the free webinar. Even if you can't watch it in real time, even if you've got to go to work or you've got other things to do, um, register because I will send you a copy of the webinar after it's complete and you can watch it in the comfort of your own home in your own time after the kids have gone to bed and you've done all your farm chores or household chores then you can sit down and just relax with a glass of something and watch anyway it's a webinar on chicken breeds so some people a lot of people contact me and say well which chicken should I get should I just get eyes of browns because that seems to be the one that's most promoted in the media as an egg laying bird and Isa Browns definitely have their bonuses they definitely have good parts but they also have bad parts 
like all breeds. So this chicken breed webinar is to try and give you an idea of what kind of breeds are out there and what might suit your circumstances better than any other breed. So by going on and having a look at it, you can see, you know, you might, it might be Windots that you like. You might like Arakanas, our lovely blue egg laying girls, or um, Morans, which um, if you get a copper Moran, they lay a beautiful dark, rich brown egg, which the egg looks exactly the same inside, but it's kind of cool to have different colored eggshells, you know, sitting in your egg basket. So definitely, definitely go and jump on the webinar if you're listening to it in real time. If you're not listening to it in real time, sorry, you missed out. I probably won't do it again before next February. So yeah, that's just the way it is, unfortunately. But you can still follow me for a whole bunch of other stuff. And I still have lots of other freebies for you. But the webinar won't be run again until my next course launch. So what are we talking about today? We are even though my course does not, I don't market it as being uh, suitable for people who want to go into commercial egg production, there is still that, that whole concept of, well, how much am I paying to get fresh eggs? You know, how much is it going to cost me to get fresh eggs? And most of us, especially at the moment, certainly in Australia, I'm not sure about my American and UK friends, but in Australia, the cost of living has gone through the roof. And everything costs more than what it did you know 12 months two years ago so and i mean a lot more not just a little bit more it's exponentially gone up so it always reminds me when i go and collect eggs that we eat because we eat we eat our eggs that we can't sell to everybody else because they're usually covered in poop or you know chicken shit everywhere or they've broken an egg and there's yolk on one of the eggshells and so rather than wash them and destroy that lovely bloom I keep those eggs for us to eat. And it always reminds me of this saying that I heard about gardening once. And I actually went and found the saying because I thought I need to get it right because I know I'll bugger it up. Uh, you know you're a gardener when you're happy to devote three months of your life growing to of your life to growing tomatoes to save a dollar twenty-seven. And that's pretty much how I feel about eggs sometimes. I sometimes look and go, oh my goodness. How much did we pay for, for layer pellets and how much did it cost us for dusting powder for mites and, and how much is the wormer? And it adds up. So what I wanted to talk about this week was making money from your chickens. Now, I'm not talking commercial style. I'm not talking the 50 layers that we've got. I'm talking about on a regular basis having, say, if you've got 10 layers most families with 10 layers would struggle to eat all the eggs. Not saying everybody would. If you've got six kids and they're all big eaters, then you probably would go through 10 layers worth of eggs. But even if nine of those girls are laying every day, that's a lot of eggs. It adds up over the space of a week. So what kinds of things can you do with your chickens that will bring an income in and like I say, not on a commercial level, just a small amount of income in that is going to offset the cost of your chickens. So a bag of layer pellets, and I did mean to grab this out, but I think it's $22 for a bag of layer pellets. Now we go through five bags a week. So that's $100 straight up, a little bit over $100. Um, but we're getting a lot of eggs. So we offset that. 
And, and, you know, chicken growing chicken eggs is not a massive million-dollar industry for us. It might be if you have 5,000 chickens, but for us with 50, it's definitely not a massive money, um, money-making exercise. We're not making a huge amount of profit. But if you're in a backyard and you've got backyard chickens and you think, shit, how can I offset the cost of my chickens? I've got a list of things. So we're going to work our way through our list of things you can do to help bring an income in to pay for your chickens. And the handy helper would go off at me because he knows that I would probably say, and with that extra money, you can go ahead and buy more chickens. <laughs> and he would go, no, no more chickens. Um, we are actually getting more chickens, so, and he knows that, he's okay with it. So the first one is the really obvious one, selling your eggs. Now, the thing is that with selling your eggs is most people um, who are selling on a large scale, larger than me included, um, would go to the markets. They'd go to the local fresh food markets in Canberra. We have the Canberra's Farmers Markets here every Saturday um, out at Epic, our big community um, event area. And so most people would sell their eggs there. Now, in doing that, you're going to be up against the competition of other people who are already there and may already have an established customer base within the markets. So I'm actually not a fan of that. And unless you were going to do it like all in and this is a genuine business, uh, I wouldn't bother paying for a market stall to sell excess eggs or other products. That being said, I what I've done, the way that I've done it, because I want to keep my overheads at a minimum, I sell to the community around me that I already know. So even my next door neighbor who we're out here on a farm and they're on a farm, they actually lost all their chickens probably 12 months ago to a fox. And they buy probably once a fortnight, they get two cartons of eggs off me because they're running sheep. They've got other things that they've got their hands in the pie with. And they just don't have the time to get more chickens up and running and and build a, a coop that the foxes can't get into. They don't have a marima, we do. They've just worked out that it's easier to just pay me for two cartons of eggs. But I sell my eggs to people that I know through my day job, my off-farm job. And uh, the handy helper sells to some friends that he knows through off-farm jobs. And then I sell to other people that I know in the community who I know want farm fresh eggs. I have one customer who buys four cartons of eggs every single Friday without fail she's just got a standing order four cartons of eggs every Friday so I'm not sure that the local markets is your best option but perhaps even consider so this is just some tips that I would use if I didn't have a customer base who were already looking for eggs um, your local school groups you know see if your local school you might be heavily involved with your local primary school or high school and it might be worth saying can I stick something in your newsletter to say that I have eggs for sale from time to time um, it's you can find other ways to sell other than the local markets I just think the local markets you're going to be up against a lot of competition so I would avoid that where possible now the other thing to um, be really promoting to anybody who's a potential customer is the nutritious value of your eggs your eggs are not and and we've discussed this on other podcasts they're not barn raised they're not uh, factory raised they may not be pasture raised like mine where they have access to the outside 24 7 but backyard chickens are still free range eggs in the true sense of the word not the free range that we see in the supermarkets where they put on it 
free-range eggs and we know damn well that the poor chickens have only got access to about two square meters outside of their barn so it's really important to say to people well this is my price and my price is this because mine are true free-range eggs they are these chickens forage all day they're out they're not stuck in a in a barn all day they're out foraging and doing all the things that chickens are supposed to do so from that perspective don't feel bad about saying well this is the price of a carton of eggs for me and that's the price I have never argued with anybody over the price when we first started selling eggs I was selling them five dollars a carton which for some people they would go holy shit that's so cheap it was cheap I was testing the water I was trying to work out how many eggs I was going to get things like that my eggs now sell for seven dollars fifty a dozen and I still think that's cheap but I also haven't had to move up to that next step of commercial egg producer where I have to be registered and all that kind of thing because I'm just not producing enough eggs. Um, if I do have to move up to that, then it's very likely that the price would go up for the eggs per dozen. Uh, and the only reason for that is because I need to cover all my extra costs that I would have attached to that. So on that point, remember to check your local regulations in your area. So in Australia, in New South Wales, certainly where I am, um, I can sell up to, I think it's 240 eggs a week. So essentially, um, what's that? 240 divided by seven. God, don't even get me trying to work that out. Um, that's, that's how many eggs I would have to be selling a week. And, and I am edging close to that, I think. I think, because that's about, is that 30 eggs a day? Yeah, and I'm sitting at about 25 eggs a day at the moment. So, because we've got some older girls. Um, I have been up near the 45 eggs a day, but realistically, um, 25 eggs a day is probably what I'm getting because I keep some eggs for us to consume as well. So, once I get over that amount, then I will have to register. Now, the registration uh, and the way that I've read it, the registration in New South Wales, doesn't cost you to register to sell eggs until you get to the next level when you get to the next level then you have to be registered uh, like properly registered pay money to register so at the moment i don't have to worry about it i will double check that i'm not sure that it is 240 eggs but it's a it's quite a bit of eggs um so obviously if you're going to move up to that level that would be different but for most of you guys who would have backyard chickens you're never going to be selling more than a couple of cartons a week i would imagine and if that's the case you just need to find a few local regular customers who you know will buy eggs off you uh, you can advertise on Gumtree or Facebook Marketplace, things like that. But word of mouth has worked the absolute best for me as far as getting my eggs out there. So check your regulations. Make sure you don't underprice yourself. There's no point selling you know, the premium product for the lowest amount. Um, if you feel really bad about taking money for your eggs, then my next option is to barter. So uh, try and swap with somebody for the eggs. Um, one thing to take into account too is you can also chicken share with another family where they might you know donate a bag of layer pellets to you each week and in return they get two cartons of eggs a week that would be a great little system I think if you especially for somebody who maybe lived in a flat or in a townhouse and didn't have the space for any backyard chickens so what's our next thing that you can do to make some money from your lovely little ladies in the backyard and this one comes towards people who are lucky enough to be able to have a rooster so this is probably not geared towards the people that have 
an urban backyard where roosters are generally not allowed. This is leading more towards your kind of people who are on a half, a quarter acre or, or, um, or full acre block. And they might be living in a semi-rural kind of environment and they are allowed to have to have roosters. So you've got roosters, you've got hens. If they're not sex-linked chickens, if they're hybrid, if they're heritage breed chickens, so if they have if you have a particular breed, say you've got an Aracana rooster and Aracana hens, that means you're producing fertile Aracana eggs. Now Different heritage breeds have different values. Um, obviously, they, they run in and out of favour with people. Uh, blue eggs, I can remember when I was trying to get Aracanas, blue eggs were impossible to get, fertilised blue eggs, because everybody wanted them. Now, it's a bit more, you, there's a lot more people out there that have them, so it's much easier to get fertilised Aracana eggs. But certain heritage breeds don't do well in incubators either. And we've certainly discovered that Aracanas are hard to incubate. Um, we're lucky enough that our goat chicken sat on a clutch of eggs not so long ago. And we now have four extra hens who are all Aracan as well. So I'm glad she had hens. <laughs> we didn't need any more roosters. Um, but so cancelling out sex licks. So this doesn't apply for your um, uh, eyes of browns. But for any of your heritage breeds, if you have a rooster and hen that are the same heritage breed and they are purebred and you can take photos and post them up and say, look, here's my Rhode Island red rooster and here's my Rhode Island red hen, hens and I have fertile eggs. Now, fertile eggs can be kept. I think it's up to 10 days you can store them up for before you put them in an incubator. That being said, obviously fresh is best. So if you're doing that, I would not be keeping fertile eggs out of out of the mix. I wouldn't be keeping them as separated and ready for sale until somebody approaches you and says they want to buy them. And then the best thing you can do is say, all right, well, over the next course of you know two or three days, I'm going to have X number of eggs. Uh, how many do you need? And sell them by the dozen. Most people with incubators will want to buy them by the dozen. Um, I have bought six um, eggs at a time of particular breeds but a dozen generally is easier now the main thing with your fertile eggs is that you want to a make sure that your stock is healthy and purebred um, so that when you're selling your fertilized eggs you are saying this is what they are if you have two roosters and they are different breeds then in order to sell those fertile eggs you need to keep the rooster and the purebred hens separate from any other breeds for about 30 days because a hen can keep fertile fertility she can keep basically the sperm she can keep that in her system for 28 days 28 30 days i remember though it was 30 days you've got to keep them separated so 30 days you've got to keep them separated and that way you know that anything that she's then carrying has been fertilized by that one rooster so keep them separate. Make sure you've only got the purebred rooster and the purebred hens in together. Um, to only take the eggs for selling as fertile eggs when somebody actually says they want them so that you're not wasting fertilized eggs and keeping them separate because you can't put them in the fridge if they're going to be fertilized. You need to keep them separate. Uh, and that would be in a cool, dark room is probably the best. Um, I think I have heard of people putting them in the fridge and taking them back out, but certainly with the Aracans, we tried it and it did not work. Um, once they were in the fridge, those those eggs just never took. So um, what can you sell them for? This is the, 
Here's the funny bit. So I have seen fertilised eggs from just backyard chicken breeders who maybe it's not a pure bread or not you know, a specific breed sell for about $30 for a dozen fertile eggs. But I have also seen them advertised up to $70 or $80 for a dozen fertilised eggs when it's a breed that is either a rare breed or a very in-demand breed. So you absolutely <laughs> can sell eggs for a lot more than, I mean, you know, obviously my eggs that I sell, they're fertile eggs. They're the ones that I sell for eating. They're fertilised. No, no crimes about that. But I'm not selling them for the purpose of people fertile, like putting them in an incubator and growing chickens out of them. And that's just as well because half of my girls are sex-linked birds and they generally won't be fertile. Even with the rooster in there, they generally won't be fertile. So $70 to $80 versus $7.50 for a dozen, as you can see. That's a great way to pay back your feed bills, vet bills, anything like that for your chickens. But again, that one only works if you have a rooster running with your hens and it, all those kind of prices can only be charged if you're looking at heritage birds that are in demand birds that are that are popular at that particular point in time so what's the next one i feel like i'm very breathy today so sorry if i'm breathing into the microphone a lot it's been really windy and polleny in um the outskirts of canberra the last couple of days so i kind of feel like i'm almost like a bit wheezy um okay selling the next one the next way to earn money is selling day old chickens so this one involves a fair amount of outlay on equipment but what a lot of return so your chickens are laying fertile eggs say for example you've got chickens they're laying fertile eggs you sell fertile eggs but then you think you know what i could hatch them out i mean how hard is it so you go and buy an incubator now not all incubators are made the same We've tried a couple and eh, not a fan. We're also off grid. So the problem for us is that we have to monitor our battery usage all the time. And we are in the process of expanding our battery collection so that we will have more buildup of power, in which case we could then run an incubator. But the incubator I was using was just a, a 24 egg incubator. It worked great when you followed the instructions. <laughs> so, if any of our blokes listening out there who maybe don't follow instructions so great, <laughs> um, maybe leave it to the ladies to, to follow the instructions on these ones. You have to keep, in inside the incubator, you have to keep the humidity level at a certain point. And that means that there usually has to be like a water tray or um, holder somewhere in there to encourage that humidity level. You also have to turn the eggs. Now, some incubators will turn the eggs automatically for you. Sometimes you have to do it yourself. And the easiest way to do that is just mark the outside of the egg with a pencil and then turn it depending on, you know, which way the, the mark is on the egg. Turn it, rotate it, you know, the same system every day. So when you are looking at doing that, you need to think about your incubator. You need to think about where you're getting your fertile eggs from. You then need to be able to house the day-olds. Now, if you can sell all your day-olds before they hatch, the only thing to be aware of there is what if you don't have a 100% hatch rate? So it may be that you can, you know, try and sell half of your um, half of your fertile eggs as day-old chickens before they hatch. Uh, you can also candle them if you if you don't know what that is. You can go and look on YouTube. There's a candling system where you hold a light essentially under the egg 
at about the seven to ten day mark I think and you can usually see the um, embryo forming perfectly inside the egg which means you know that it's fertile and it's developing correctly still that doesn't mean your hatch rate is going to be 100% I have had chickens get trapped in the last instance and you're really not supposed to kind of force the issue and help them break out it really they have to be strong enough to break out of the egg themselves but you can help them if if they're stuck and you know you've spent a lot of money on fertile eggs well you might want to just crack a little bit away and try and give them a bit of helping hand but um so you need to be set up with that equipment in order to do that but again your return on investment is going to be much higher. I ha I don't think I've ever sell, seen day-olds other than from a hatchery direct, like unsexed meat birds. I've not seen them sell under $10 a, a bird, so $10 each for a day-old, which means your um, carton of eggs that you um, hatched out, just say you only have 10 hatch, that's still $100 that you're making back on that. Now it takes three weeks for, for chicken eggs to hatch. So every three weeks you could be producing day-olds. And obviously if you don't sell all of the day-olds you know, that you've hatched, then you need to advertise or you need to be able to care for those day-olds until somebody does buy them. So you'd need to have a little brooder set up as well. So obviously that option is quite labour intensive. But, you know... <laughs> um, Brand new, brand new day olds, like I say, I haven't seen them sell for under $10. Um, if they're a heritage breed, I've seen day olds advertised for $15 and upwards, depending on the breed, if they're, um, if they're a heritage breed. So you could be making a lot more than that. You could potentially make $200 uh, from a dozen eggs. So that's definitely one way to do it. And, and you know, if you're going to keep any chickens that are left over that are day olds that nobody buys, if you're going to keep them and raise them yourself, then that's fine too. But that will also lead on to my next chat that I'll talk about. So I'll, I'll talk about that in a second. Um, and certainly even I have bought day-olds from uh, people. So there was a woman uh, locally to me who advertised that she'd bought 100 Rhode Island Reds as day-olds unsexed. And I went out there and bought 10 off her. And she sold them to me for $10 each. So that was $100. Now, she might have paid, because she bought 100 in one hit, she might have only paid $7.50 each. It doesn't seem like a lot, but she essentially made $3.50 and she only had to house them for two days before I bought them. So she made $2.50 on 10. So what's that, 25 bucks? No, $12, I don't know, I can't add that up. $25, yeah. So she made 25 my brain was not working then. $25 she made off the eggs that off the Dales that I bought off her. Now that that then covers part of the ones that she's probably keeping for herself. So even if you're buying from a hatchery as day olds, you could look at selling the day olds or two days old or one week old or two week old. And the price changes and goes up as the chickens get older because you've had to invest food and housing and things like that. So a lot of the hatcheries will sell day-olds. They'll also sell two-week-olds, four-week-olds, six-weeks-old, ten-week-old, right up to point of lay. So, And this leads into the next topic that I want to talk about, which is um, selling pullets or point-of-lay birds. So just say, for example, you've got your, your day-old chickens, um, you sold half of them, and you kept half of them. The half that you kept, you've raised them up to 18-week-old birds. Now, if they're unsexed, part of them might be, there might be a couple of roosters in there, so you have to be able to manage that. But if you've got the space, then 
or if you're prepared to butcher your own birds, then you know certainly anything that turns out to be a rooster becomes dinner. But anything else that you've got left, if you raise them up to point of lay, so to point of lay generally is between the 18-week mark and 24-week mark, depending on the breed, you raise them up to that and the price changes massively in that period. And realistically, it doesn't cost a lot to raise them up. Um, chick starter until six weeks and then from six weeks onwards it's a mix of chick starter and layer pellets that's what we give our girls um, or our chicks when we're when we're raising them like that once they get to about that 12 week mark they go on just straight layer pellets now layer pellets are fine even if they're roosters it's got all the nutrients in it that they need so that's still going to raise a healthy bird once they get to around the 18 week mark they're going to start showing themselves as either roosters or pullets the ones that are pullets separate them out and start looking at selling them now eyes of browns i had a quick look on gumtree because gumtree is generally where you can buy um, chickens in australia for us so but it might be um for for those overseas it might be facebook marketplace i believe um craigslist in the us is big on selling things like this too uh, so uh, eyes of brown bird roughly sells for around 25 dollars um as a as a point of lay bird. So eyes of browns obviously are much cheaper to buy. They're not as valuable because you can't breed off them. They're just egg producing machines, which is great. And a lot of people love that. But I saw them advertised between 30 and 50, but the cheapest I could find was 25. So the absolute lowest you're looking at is 25 for eyes of brown. The heritage birds listed on Gumtree, I was actually a bit surprised. Um, 50, 70, 80, $100. Um, for a heritage uh, breed bird at the point of lay. So they're ready to start laying eggs. They are fully grown adults. They don't require any special housing. They don't require any special food, anything like that. You take them and put them straight in your coop. But yeah, $70, $80 for <laughs> I thought, my God, I think I'm in the wrong business not selling eggs. I need to start selling point of lay birds, uh, which I will look at doing because I didn't realize that's how much people are selling them for. Um, and the reason that the price goes up is because you are going through all the hassle. So if they're unsexed birds, you're going through the risk that they're, you know, roosters maybe and not hens. Um, that being said, I, I've never had 50% roosters. I can say that safely. I've never had 50%. I think the worst I've ever had is about 30% roosters. Uh, but we, we um, process our own birds here for eating. So we just put them in with the processing birds and they, they get fattened up and eaten. Um, but you are going through the process of raising them from day olds. You're giving them the chick starter. You're making sure they've been wormed, making sure they don't have mites, keeping them in appropriate housing for their age. So when they first, you know, come to you as day olds, they'll need to be on a heat lamp. Um, and then they need to be slowly graduated into the outside air, you know, after that six week mark or when they're fully feathered, that's when they can go back outside. So you, the reason that you can charge so much more for those is because you've done all the hard work. You've got them up to that point where they're ready to lay eggs and the buyer hasn't had to do all that. They haven't had to buy special equipment or, or any kind of special work involved in looking after them. Now, uh, you need to make sure that if you are going to do that, that your pullets, A, that you're selling pullets, not roosters. Um, some, some breeds don't display their roosterishness early is that a word roosterness early so you do have to keep an eye out for it but generally around that 18 20 week mark you will absolutely be showing if you've got a rooster or a hen 
So any any roosters, obviously most people don't want roosters because they can't have them in backyards. So you need to be able to remove them and do something with them. Your pullets, you still need to, to manage them health-wise as well. You need to make sure that you're raising healthy birds so that they'll lay healthy eggs. You need to make sure they're wormed and deloused before they go to a new home. So you need to present uh, chickens and pullets that are hens that are perfect little specimens of their breed. So there is a bit of work involved. So when you look at it that way, you know, 70 or $80 a, a hen, I don't think is that rude to ask when, when I consider what people have put in to get them to that age. So you, what have we said so far? You can sell your eggs for $7.50 a carton. You can sell your fertilized eggs for, what did we say? What was our amount? I'm going back and having a look. Um, your fertilized eggs are anywhere between 30 and 80 dollars depending on the rarity of the breed uh, your day olds say 10 dollars each up to 40 dollars each depending on the breed and then your heritage say so your your eyes are browns anywhere from 25 dollars up to 80 dollars for your heritage birds for point of lay so they're the kind of costs that you they're the kind of prices that you'd be looking at and and it varies in areas i don't know what the prices are like in america but if you translate that from australian dollars it's probably pretty similar so what else can you do that could somehow bring in a little bit of income this one blew me out of the water and i i actually found out people were doing this like 12 months 18 months ago but it just still threw me because I am not the artsy kind of girl. I can remember doing macrame back in the day. I can absolutely knit. I'm a shitty crocheter. I just don't even bother. I can sew enough to, you know, patch things, make things, you know, make aprons, curtains, things like that. No problem at all. But I'm not a crafty type. Anyway, somebody was at a market stall selling feathers. <laughs> yep, chicken feathers, just plain old chicken feathers. And I was like, You've got to be kidding me. Who's selling fucking chicken feathers? Like, yeah, we have them all through the paddock. Anyway, sure enough, I went and had a look on Etsy and people sell chicken feathers. They also sell a whole bunch of other feathers. So if you are lucky enough to be in a semi-rural environment and you might have a peacock or a peahen, then they have beautiful feathers and a lot of people will try and sell those. Um, there's a lot of people that have parrots that will sell parrot feathers. Now, I looked and went, why would anybody buy feather? Like I'm thinking, is it because they want to make like an old fashioned quill for writing with, you know, maybe they like doing the ink and, and writing that way. No, <laughs> it's fishermen. I would have never guessed it. So evidently there's a real market for selling feathers to fly fishermen or women, fly fisher women. Um, so people who fish make their own uh, lures. So fly fishing, not normal ocean fishing things like that I don't know what they use there because I'm not a fishing kind of person but I, I have been fly fishing before I've had a go at it I loved it they make their own lures for fly fishing and the idea with the lures is that they have to be like brightly colored and they have to have a certain drag on them through the water and you know hit the sunlight a certain way in the water so that it attracts the fish to the hook so there's a real market on Etsy for selling bird feathers to fishing fly lure type builders so that they can um, make their own lures who would have thunk anyway so I went and had a look 30 feather pack on Etsy sells for $25 
I could not believe that. <laughs> so I'm madly, I'll go around and collect feathers out of the backyard now and try and get them all. Um, obviously, you know, pretty feathers are going to sell for more. And it goes without saying that you don't want to collect shitty, as in covered in chicken shit feathers. Um, <laughs> I can't imagine anybody wants those. But clean feathers, and certainly when Sam, our big rooster, when he molts, when he goes through his molt, he loses all his tail feathers. And his tail feathers are magnificent. They're probably about 30 to 40 centimetres long, some of them. So they're beautiful feathers. Um, but I've just never thought of collecting them to offer to anybody who's a crafty type. Anyway, that's one option. Um, again, if you had heritage bred birds that have beautiful colours, you know, that would be awesome uh the gold lace wind dots that we're looking at getting next they have beautiful feathers that would be great for that type of thing um you know our arakan our black arakans that we've got their feathers are beautiful but they're just plain black they have a very green sheen to them but they're nothing there's no special pattern on them or anything like that but certainly it's an option for those of you that might be interested in doing that it could bring in a little bit of extra income uh the next one is all about shit <laughs> Chicken manure. Um, I, not being a fantastic gardener myself, it took me a little while to work out just how important chicken shit is. Um, selling manure to people, and I, I see it in a lot of areas around where I live, where people will have um, horse poo or cow poo or chicken poo sitting in bags at their front gate for sale. A and chicken manure certainly when i've spoken to gardeners or people that are much better gardeners than me they say that chicken manure is an awesome um, compostable manure to use on gardens evidently it's a really good quality one i don't know whether it's just got the nitrogen phosphorus you know potassium uh, levels are really good in it i don't know why um, i'm not going to profess to be any kind of expert on compost but certainly the gardeners I've spoken to have said that a good chicken manure that's been broken down and allowed to dry and break down so that it's not um, super fresh because chicken manure is a hot manure. There's a lot of manures that are hot manures, but it's a hot compost. It's a, you, you can't just put it straight onto plants. If you do that, you'll burn the plants. So certainly in the past, what I've done is in my garden beds that are empty before I've replanted, I get chicken manure, put it into the garden bed, dig it into the garden bed and then just leave it sit. So that has the opportunity to break down and all the goodness gets to go out and into the soil. Um, and that's what I've said, that's what I've been recommended to do by gardeners. So chicken manure, if you, particularly if you're in an um, urban environment, it's hard. There's a lot of chicken manure gets made depending on how many chooks you have. And you might find that you have an overabundance of manure and you need to do something with it. And I would absolutely recommend selling small bags of chicken manure uh, that people can add to their compost. And most gardeners have their own little compost area anyway. So you can either try and break it down a bit before you sell it, um, and then you'd probably be able to mark it up a bit more, or you can sell it as fresh hot manure to be added to their compost. But it's another way to make a little bit more money off your girls. Um, so the last one, last real one is an interesting one because it's what I'm trying to do and that is selling your knowledge now for some people who are just getting into chicken keeping or, or not very confident at chicken keeping this one won't apply but if you're the kind of person like me who's had chickens for years and years 
you've seen just about every disease, you've dealt with just about every medical issue, you've you know raised them healthily and happily and you know incubated, hatched them out naturally via a broody hen, you know you've raised day olds, you've raised meat birds. All that experience that I have, and this is the whole reason I started my backyard chicken keeping course is I wanted to get that information out to other people. I didn't realize until I started talking to people about my chickens just how much people didn't know about chickens. And I think I've, in a previous episode, I covered odd questions I've been asked, you know, things like, oh, don't you need a rooster to get hens, <laughs> to get eggs rather from your hens? Um, or, you know, you can't eat fertilized eggs, that kind of thing. So there was a lot of things out there, a lot of misinformation and and sometimes I feel it comes back to that whole village, you know, the community village sense that we've lost in modern society where we don't necessarily live near our parents or our relatives, aunts and uncles or grandparents. And therefore, we're not having that knowledge base passed down. And that's OK. It's, I'm, I'm not necessarily all for living in that, you know, family, community, tight knit group. I'm not all for that. But but it has meant that we just don't have the knowledge base being passed from generation to generation and so online courses are obviously a great option for those people who don't have that knowledge base or whose parents never had the knowledge base to start with so they haven't been able to impart it with them and if you want to get into that kind of self-sustainable homestead lifestyle like I've done then chickens are such a gateway drug for it I say it all the time and I don't mean in a bad way gateway drug but honestly Chickens are such an easy thing to get into. There are many, many other things you can do in homesteading, but things like you know, making your own yogurt, um, making your own sourdough, growing your own chickens for eggs, they're things that you can do immediately and in an urban environment to get you started. So I wanted to pass that information on to people and the way that I've done it is by starting an online course. And that online course is the, the idea behind it is not to help people get to a commercial level like I said at the beginning I'm not the course is not about that these are tips that will help you if you have backyard chickens and you think oh I'd, I would like to earn a little bit of money off them to at least cover their costs but what I want to teach people is how to get started in that and how to get that backyard chicken set up going and doing it the right way so that they don't feel like they're, they're hurting the chickens I mean you know despite the fact that I'm primarily a carnivore and and I eat animals off my own farm I love my animals I love them like more, more than some humans I've met <laughs> definitely more than some humans I've met I love my animals so I never want them to suffer or be uncomfortable or have any kind of horrible things happening in their life I want them to be living their best chicken life so and that's what I want other people to have too is to have you know a little flock in their backyard who are producing eggs for them possibly producing meat birds for them if they if they want that too um, but being able to do it confidently and safely without any issues so if you did have that kind of knowledge base then that would be a great thing to do another thing that I thought of in, in regards to that knowledge base stuff is if you have a knowledge base say in cooking and you can you know, through having your own backyard chickens you've come up with a million and one egg recipes or a million and one ways to use eggs then that's another thing that you could do is you could be helping people develop um, their cooking skills as far as using their glut of eggs. Um, the last one, of course, is within that knowledge base thing is um, 
books <laughs> and certainly I've had a couple of people ask me when am I writing my backyard chicken keeping book which I will do eventually I will do um, but at the moment I've just got too much on my plate I need to take six months off to do that kind of shit um, but there's certainly a lot of books out there a lot of people that have got really good knowledge and it's a great way to get knowledge base out to people again that would work if you were a bit of a you know, cook type and you could make a cookbook on how to use your excess eggs that'd be a great thing to do certainly would not be something I'd be doing uh, because uh, well I love cooking with eggs I'm terrible with recipes so I kind of do it a bit fly by night anyway that's a whole bunch of ways that you could make some extra funds off your chickens that even if it's not going to you know turn you over a huge profit it would at least cover the cost of having those chickens um, there were a couple of other ways that I kind of came up with to make money and they're funny little ways, but I'll run through them just briefly before we finish. And that is, um, selling chicken themed merchandise or hosting chicken related events. Now, uh, for those that don't know my, not the farmer's wife, uh, Shopify site, I sell print on demand, um, items, mostly clothing, but car seats, um, hooded blankets, things like that. And uh, because I have such a big love of chickens, quite a few of my products have funny little chicken things on them. You know, I've got a, a hoodie that's, you know, oh, you, you raise dogs, that's nice. I raise tiny dinos in relation to raising chickens, things like that. So that kind of thing is another way that you could uh, make some money from your love of chickens. Uh, and what was the other ones? Oh, and the only other thing I was going to say was that it's really important that if you are going into it with the idea of making a little bit of money and selling fertilized eggs or day olds or, or you know point of lay chickens <coughs> excuse me is you need to keep in mind that the most important thing is the welfare of your chooks um, it's no good trying to go into a business if your chooks are not healthy and happy and you know we've all made mistakes I mean I've come home just last week came home and the our chickens water trough was bone dry now, I didn't notice in the morning when I went out there, I did not notice that it was a bit low. Otherwise, I would have topped it up. Uh, but it happens. Those kinds of things happen. No chickens got hurt in the making of that. And we filled up their trough and they all went and had a drink and everybody was happy. But it's really important that you put the welfare of your chickens first. Um, don't and don't, you know, you don't have to be hyper vigilant about it. But if you think that somebody's trying to buy animals off you and you don't think they're going to be confident and capable of looking after them then maybe raise with them that they might want to go and do a course or something like that before they get their chickens uh, just so that they know what they're doing a bit better anyway that's my take on how you could raise a little bit extra money um, you know not necessarily commercially but you know what if you wanted to go commercially it's not that big a leap from those things that I've discussed but even just making a little bit of money so that you can invest back into your chickens or you can put a little bit of money aside to start other things like veggie gardens or stuff like that, growing, buying some fruit trees for the backyard, things like that. Anyway, let me know what you think. Hopefully you will love it and uh, I will see you through the week. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much for listening today. I hope you've enjoyed our time together. If you did, I'd be so grateful if you left me a review. I would also absolutely love it if you tagged me in your next post on your favourite socials at either Not The Farmer's Wife or Mojo Homestead. And don't forget to get your free guide to backyard chicken keeping at www.mojohomestead.net backslash seven must knows. And remember, grow the life you want to live. 
سياح